Amen. God is good. I like that. God is good. I like that. You know, we should just keep putting that on repeat, right? When you turn on the news, God is good all the time. All the time. All right. Um, so, as you know, I like to encourage you guys to read the Word of God every day, as much as you can, wherever you can, with whoever you can, right? Uh, read Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 8. Uh, you know, especially in light of what we read and moving forward in this passage, read Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 8 this week and see how God speaks to you and just reminds you of how much He loves you. Because truly, that's, that's some of the biggest battles that we have is, does God really love me? Oh, yes. So let's go to the Lord then in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. God, there's, there is a lot going on in our world. There's a lot going on in the world around us. There's a lot going on in our own cities. There's a lot going on in our personal life. It just seems, Lord, that there's just one problem after the next. Always something new to worry about, something new to fear, something new to get over. God, I just ask that you bless us today so we can be focused in on you. Remind us, Lord, that we are victorious because of what your Son has done. And and simply by having faith, that is our victory. Victory over the world. We don't have to do anything, we just have to trust. God, help us remember that. God, we also ask that, again, um, you know, Lord, we want your gospel to be going out into the world. However that may be, Lord, uh, be with all the churches that are meeting, all the, however, whatever, it's in homes or are they out in the fields or out in an ocean, I don't know, Lord, wherever they may be. God, remind all of them that we are praying for them, that we are in this together as one body in Christ. That though we may gather separately, we are in it, we are one body, we are one people under the name of Jesus. God, we also ask that uh, you just help us, Lord, uh, reveal any sin in our life. God, help us to just come into our hearts and, and expose the sin so we can flee from them, we can repent from them, and turn to Jesus. Help us, Lord, to, that when the, the past starts haunting us, to, to just turn and say, no, our past is different. We have Jesus now. That we are not defined by our past. We're defined by who Jesus is. God, help us remember that. Bless the, 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 the service as a whole. Just remind us, Lord, of the love that you have for us. So we can be full of hope and love and peace. So we can consistently live out the faith before you, Lord. Though we stumble and fumble about, we can always point to Jesus to say that he is greater. Greater than my sin. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right. So, as a pastor, and I always want to tell you and remind you that if you have faith in Jesus, if you have faith in Christ, you have all that you need in this world. If you believe in the gospel message of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, yes, there is a list of what that gospel is. It says that Christ died for sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures. If you believe that message, then you have been completely forgiven of all your past and present and future sins, and you are now fully restored in a favorable relationship with God. Other than, other than having faith in Jesus and His perfect life on your behalf, there is nothing else that is ever, ever required of you. Faith is it. 
You are saved by faith alone, and that is it. If you have faith in Jesus, no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you commit the same sin, no matter how many foolish decisions you make, no matter what your life circumstances may be, no matter what the world may think of you, no matter if those closest to you think that you are a failure, if you have faith in Jesus, then you have everything that you would ever need in this life and the next. By having faith in Jesus, you have eternal life and God's favor upon you. Nothing in this world, not even your own stupidity, can take that away. Amen to that? For God is a gracious God, and and all He does over you is out of His love and His grace and the merit of His Son's life, death, and resurrection over you. You can never and will never, ever, ever merit anything from God. Christ alone has merited merited everything for you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to believe it and trust in it. That's the hard part. You and I, through faith in Christ, can now rest in Christ's finished work on our behalf. For when Christ said in John 19.30, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Our salvation was accomplished, it was sealed, the debt was paid, the wrath of God has been quenched for all those who have placed their faith in Jesus. So now God will only have favor, love, kindness, and joy and sing about you if you have faith in Christ. No longer do you and I have to live a life about obtaining anything before people or before God. No longer do we have to live a life of trying to get prestige, trying to get status, trying to get attention for who we are or what we do. We no longer need to live a life of trying to make up for our past failures or try to manipulate the present to make us look good in the future. No, we can simply trust in Jesus and be satisfied with His grace over us through faith in Him. We can draw all of our comfort, all of our joy, all of our hope, all of our security, all of our identity, all of our purpose, all of our rest from faith in Jesus. For truly, Christ has done everything for you to free you from a life of bondage in this world, from a bondage of sin and the bondage of death. You no longer need to worry about these things. Just look to Jesus. That's it. Smile. But as we know, this world wants you to worry and be consumed with these things. It wants you to be consumed with its sins and consumed with its death. It wants you to invest all your time and all your mental capacity into it so you can be dragged back into its prison of hate and division. This world wants to bring you into its coliseum of wretchedness and watch you and others tear each other apart over things that matter little and have no really eternal consequences. This world wants you to keep forgetting the blessings of the gospel in your life and keep you from sharing the blessings of the gospel with others. Because when you think and you dwell upon the magnificent gospel of grace that God has provided in Jesus Christ, it revolutionizes your life. It revolutionizes your attitude. It revolutionizes your perspectives of all of who are around you and not for the worse, but for the better. The more you dwell on the gospel of grace and the blessings of grace in your life, you end up doing the exact opposite of what the world wants you to do. Rather than being full of hate, anger, fear, and division, 
and worry, you start becoming patient, loving, kind, graceful to those around you who do not deserve it in the slightest. Your life becomes about reaching out your hand, looking for ways to unite people of all backgrounds together in the Lord through the giving of the gospel message. For the gospel of God's grace is the only hope that we have in creating true peace in the world between all men because it is only through having peace with God that men can be peaceful with each other. It is only by having the grace of God in our lives that we will become graceful with each other. Nothing in this world will ever produce that. No philosophy, no health product, no politics, no behavioral modifications, no education. Nothing else will ever create that unity that overcomes prideful boundaries and breaks through men's wretched dark hearts. So, how do we then push through all the hate and divisiveness around us? How do we keep from getting tied up in worldly affairs that makes us think little of our fellow man? Well, Paul answers that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. That's our passage today. He tells us, as our title says, to remember all the blessings that you have in Jesus. That's it. Just dwell on that. For truly... It is hard to live in anger, worry, hate, envy, jealousy, strife, and fear when you start looking at the glorious, gracious blessings that you now have by faith in Jesus. It's hard to get caught up in the world around you when you're caught up in the glory and magnificence of God and what He's done through His Son. So let's look then at the text at verse 3. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. What is that? Huh. Well, that's a motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> Praise God for motorcycles. Okay. So anyway, Paul here opens up with a praise to God. But the praise that he gives is not just simply saying that God is good when he says, blessed be God. He isn't just saying, yeah, God, you're great. When he opens up here and says, blessed be God, there is a deep meaning that's coming across here. And this brings us to our first point. You know the source of all blessings. What he says, what he's saying is, praise God who is the blessed one, the one who is worthy of praise because blessed is the characteristic of the one in whom he's speaking of. This is not Paul here wishing that God would be praised. No, Paul is describing who God is and why he is praised. He is saying that this is the blessed one. We need to remember that God is blessed. For he is the almighty God who is, as the seraphims cried in Isaiah 6.3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is the God who is the source of all blessings. 
He needs no blessings from anyone. In fact, he needs nothing from anyone to give him comfort or cheer or joy. For he is in need of nothing because he is the blessed one. He is the origin of blessings. So any praise that is given is strictly given because of who God is. He is fully worthy of all praise for just being the Almighty God because He is the Blessed. So what you have here is Paul giving a declaration saying, Blessed is God. Which then amounts to us praising Him or speaking well of Him in all that we do and say or think because, again, He is the source for all blessings of any type because He is the blessed. And this especially becomes relevant for us for our context because of what He has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now notice something here. When Paul said, "Blessed be God the Father, God, uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ," what we have here is something striking because it shows and reveals the blessedness of God's character. It reveals who He truly is. The The one who is blessed, which is Paul's description of him, has now acted out that description upon you and me. Proving that truly he is the blessed one, for he reveals the depth of his blessed characteristic in that he has blessed us in Christ. What you have here basically is Paul revealing to us that God the Father and God the Son... And also God the Holy Spirit, but for our immediate context, the Holy Spirit will be spoken about later in this verse. But up to this point, what is revealed is that God the Father and God the Son were in very much unison about saving sinful wretches like you and me because He is blessed. There was no debate between God the Son and God the Father as to our salvation and us being saved. God the Father was not begrudgingly saving us at the pleading of His Son. But rather, you see in this text that God the Father has a great love for us, that blessed one who is in need of nothing looked upon you and I and loved us so much that He blessed us in Christ. Or as John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the great creator of the universe, the one who transcends both space and time, who has no beginning, who has no end, who knows all things, knew our faults, 
our failures, and our sins. He knew the horrid, wretched, and nasty mistakes and nasty comments and actions that we would make. He knew the ungrateful hearts that we would have before him. He knew how unloving we would be to our neighbors. He knew how selfish we are with those closest to us. He knew the perversions that would go through your mind and your hearts. He knew the disgusting words that would spew from your mouth, he knew how we would fail those around us or even misuse the things around us or the people around us for our own personal benefit at their expense. He knew all of this. He knew how you would demonize people who thought different than you. He knew how self-righteous you were and how you live in hypocrisy. He knew everything about you that you try to keep secret from others because if they knew those dark secrets, they would disown you in a moment's notice. And you've seen that in the world. Yet he still blessed us in Christ. Because He is the blessed. He sent Jesus to bless us with salvation. He sent Jesus to come and save us out of His love for us, even though we were not worthy of any love from anyone, let alone from a holy, perfect, righteous God. Take a moment. Think about that. The one who upholds the universe by his power, this almighty God out of his gracious love for you, sent his son so you could know and experience his love through faith in Jesus. He sent his innocent son to die for your sin. He placed the wrath, the eternal wrath that you and I deserve upon his son so that you can know his love and truly see and experience him as the blessed one. Does that not create joy in your soul? When you think about how the blessed one blessed you out of his grace with Jesus, even though you had no right to it, you had no claim to it, the only thing you deserved was His wrath, and yet He gave you His grace and love. Does knowing that, does knowing that there is an almighty, holy, perfect, blessed God who loves you, change you in any way? Does that not just release any burden of worry or fear or anger within you amongst anyone or of the world? Just knowing that an omnipotent, meaning an all-powerful God that is not limited in power or wisdom, knowing that He loves you even with all your flaws, does that not just spark an outcry of joyous praise to Him? I mean, how can that not? How can that not? How can it not bring rest to your worried mind and unsettled heart? How can, how can knowing that this, how can knowing this, how can it not create a revolutionary change within you and the change in how you view the world around you? For the blessed one has blessed you with his son. What else do you want? 
does that not just create a sense of compassion and grace within you that you would want to express to people around you who do not deserve your kindness or love or grace? I would think it would. For the blessed one truly has blessed us undeservingly in Jesus. So how can we not want to express that undeserved favor, this undeserved grace to others? Why would we stop that? What could possibly stop us from telling people about that? This should truly revolutionize everything about us. So then Paul then continues and brings us deeper in seeing the blessing that we have in Jesus by saying, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing? And this brings us to our second point. You have all the blessings you will ever need. Notice something here. When Paul speaks of these blessings, he uses the word us. Who has blessed us. This means he's including himself. As with anyone else reading the letter who has faith in Jesus. So whether... A Jew or Gentile, old, young, mature, immature, those who have their life in order, those who don't have their life in order, those who are struggling with sins and, or those who are overcoming their sins, those who know a lot about the Bible, those who know not much about the Bible, those who are strong in their faith, those who are weak in their faith. Those who are always out on mission giving the gospel to whoever they come in contact with and those who have a hard time just trying to say hello to someone. Paul says if you are in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing given to you. If you have faith in Jesus, Paul says you are not missing out on any spiritual blessing in your life because Christ has obtained all the blessings for you and they are now yours through faith alone in Jesus. Or to put differently, through the cross of Jesus Christ and faith in Him, He has achieved all the divine blessings upon your life so you lack nothing. Now what exactly are those blessings? Paul goes over a bunch of them in verses 4 through 14, and we'll get there. But the main point is that you have all of them if you have faith in Jesus. Now, he doesn't say all the physical blessings like health, wealth, and, you know, he doesn't say that. That's never promised. But he does say every spiritual blessing. So these blessings are not material things in which for us to obtain or try to get. But they are blessings that we have right now. And you just need to realize it and rest in Christ. So since these blessings then are spiritual in nature then, having been achieved by Christ, Paul implies that God the Holy Spirit then is making these spiritual blessings, or making sure these spiritual blessings that are pertaining to the spiritual life in Christ are being applied to us now through faith in Jesus. The spiritual blessings. That's the, it's, a, it's referring now to the Holy Spirit. Or put simply, 
We have every spiritual blessing now by the Holy Spirit's work in our life through faith in Jesus to know, to glorify, and to enjoy God forever. There is no moment of hitting that monkish enlightenment or that moment of Zen when we all of a sudden now can achieve and experience all the blessings to know God more and enjoy Him. No, you have all the spiritual blessings right now, wherever you go. Whether you are stuck at home in a chair in pain, or whether you are frustratingly washing dishes late at, on a Monday night and you have to get up early for, the, for work the next morning, whether you're being yelled at at work because you didn't really mess up, but the other guy did, but you're taking the blame for it, or whether you're waiting in a long line in the store because the lady with the coupons just won't stop, you got to get home, you got to use the restroom, you just come on. Or even if you're living with regretful memories that are brought up and haunt you at night. You have all the blessings to know that you are blessed by God no matter what this world may think or even say of us. For there is always hope for us. There is always joy for us. There is always love for us. There is always a future for us. There is always a reason to be at peace because we now have God's grace, love, and favor over us and we are now part of His family and nothing will ever take away that blessing. Our identity before God is secured and defined by what Christ has done for us through faith in Him. Your identity is not defined by what others may say or even how you may feel in a wretched moment. For Christ has made you anew before Him and has freed you from this world so you can now live in this world as a free child of God, not worrying about failing, not worrying about losing your reputation, not worrying about being abandoned. For if we have faith in Jesus, we have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing and have a glorious relationship with God Himself. We need nothing else in this world. Paul then concludes here by saying, spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And this brings us to our final point. Your blessings will never be taken away. Now you might think, well, John, uh, these blessings are in the heavenly places. And as far as I can tell, I'm not there yet. And if this is it, this is a bummer. So what exactly is Paul saying here then? Why, Why the heavenly blessings? Why there and not here? Well, here's the thing. What Paul is saying, that the spiritual realm that we do not see truly does have an impact on our lives right now by faith in Jesus. Through our union with Jesus, we are now by faith interacting with the spiritual reality of being fully blessed by Him. So there is a spiritual dynamic to our lives that we do not see, but is very real all through faith in Christ. These blessings that are from the heavenly places are being applied to us every day, even when we don't realize it by the work of the Holy Spirit, and they are making a difference within you. 
And this is good news then for us because Christ is up then on His throne watching over us from heaven, directing our lives, making sure we are always blessed by Him, making sure we always have what is required to get into heaven. So think of it this way. If you are battling temptation and you fail and give into it again, as you are dealing with your trials in this life and forget to go to God to get you through them, as you go through your daily life complaining about it, forgetting that God has sovereignly placed you there and has provided for you far more than you ever realize or ever thank Him for, if you have faith in Christ, your blessings are not being taken away because they are not dependent upon you, but they are from heaven. The blessings in the heavenly places are from Christ and always being applied to you by faith in Him, even as you fail and fumble about. His perfect life, His sinless life, His full obedience to the Father is still attributed to you on your behalf by faith in Him because He is still alive and well in heaven to make sure it all happens through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Paul stated in it this way in 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Paul did not just say some days. He did not just say the good days when you don't kick the cat. He said day by day. Jesus is Lord over us now. And he is in heaven, in the heavenly places, to make sure we are always fully blessed despite our performance before him and despite our life circumstances. So because the blessings are coming from him in heaven and they are not obtained by anything we do, but have been obtained by all that he has done, we always can have peace, hope, joy, and rest in this exhausting world through faith in him. For we all, for we have All that we need in Jesus, He has done it all for us by faith in Him. So when the world then tries to pull you in to have you worry about the future so that you can frantically take a side and crush the opposition, reject it. Because your future and blessings are established in Christ, not in the world. When society tries to uh, uh, intimidate you, And make you live in fear so that you rise up against your fellow man to make you feel as if you're amounting to something or make you feel like you're contributing something to this world. Say no. You now find all your worth, dignity, and purpose by trusting in Christ and His blessings over you. Not you. When your failures and your guilt and your sins and your inconsistencies are exposed to you, by those closest to you. Rather than becoming defensive and creating barriers between you and them, remember that Christ has covered all your sins and failures by His blood and in place of them has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings from above out of His loving grace over you. So always remember the blessings that you have in Jesus so that you can respond in grace to all those around you as grace has been exposed to you. 
Use all of the, the, the divisive moments you are facing. The wretched moments. Use it as a launching point to speak on the inexhaustible, unconditional grace and blessings of God. Speak about how Christ has done everything for you by faith in Him and how He can do the same for them if they trust in Jesus. For our God is the blessed one who blesses us without condition if we have faith in His Son. For the gospel of God's grace is always the answer to all of our problems and the world's problems. So let us not get caught up in the world's problems and rather get caught up in giving the answer that the world needs. Telling the world about Jesus and all His glorious, gracious blessings that we have, that they can have too if they place their faith in Him. Amen? And if you don't know Jesus today, I encourage you to make that decision today and just trust in Jesus. Just cry out to Him and just say, Lord, I need you. And if you already know Him, just be reminded that He's all you need. Let's go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for this passage that we know now that we, that we are blessed in your Son. God, there, there's just so much in this world that screaming out at us to look at. Lord, let us just look at your grace. Let us not waste our time on things that end up for nothing, but Spend our time dwelling on the eternity that we have with you. Let us be perplexed in awe and wonder about who you are and why you would love such a wretch as us. Lord, help us to, to know that you are always with us. And that more than we can take that message to those around us, to our neighbors, to the person at the cash register we see every week or or to anyone that we come about with, Lord, people at our work, maybe our family and friends, and even though they may reject it, Lord, we just need to tell them that Jesus is the answer. For, Lord, that's what brings all of us here, is to know that you love us, and we are united under your name. That's what makes church so glorious, is that we just get to hear about your name and how you have forgiven us in Jesus. God, if someone doesn't know you here today, whether online or here, Lord, I pray they make that decision now and not wait for tomorrow. We pray this, Lord, in your son's name, amen. Stand as you see.